Look, as we get ready for this upcoming Grizzlies season, I looked at something. The All-Star game in February of 2024 is being played in a familiar city for one of the Grizzlies' best players. Sort of could be a homecoming of sorts. Could Desmond Bain or the Memphis Grizzlies play in Indiana in 2024 for the NBA All-Star game? It's possible. But let's talk about it right now. Coming up on Locked On Grizzlies. You are Locked On Grizzlies, your daily Memphis Grizzlies podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. going on everyone and welcome back to locked on grizzlies i am your host demichael cole beat writer for the commercial appeal right here in memphis tennessee appreciate you for tuning in to another day of locked on grizzlies on today remember that today's episode is brought to you by jace medical empower yourself when you purchase a jace case providing you with a personal supply of five antibiotics that treat 50 plus infections get yours today at jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E medical.com. Appreciate you for tuning in to Locked on Grizzlies. Make sure you continue to tune in. Remember, we are everywhere. Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you listen, wherever you watch, Locked on Grizzlies is there. So we appreciate you for tuning in to that. Continue to like, rate, comment, subscribe, all of those good things as well. We got a good thing to talk about here on today. We're going to focus on one of the star Grizzlies players. Uh, most of you will agree that there's sort of, sort of a big three right now on the Grizzlies. And some of you may throw a couple other names in there. I know a lot of people are fond of Steven Adams and putting his name in that conversation. Some people are fond of a guy maybe like Marcus Smart or whatever the case may be. But the three guys where there's pretty much zero conversation on this topic about the three guys who are pretty much earned, uh, I mean, nine-figure deals with the Memphis Grizzlies are Jaron Jackson Jr., Desmond Bain, and John Morant. John Morant will be, you know, a very big part of the Grizzlies this season when he returns from suspension. Jaron Jackson Jr., will be a huge part of the Grizzlies because I mean, he's the reigning defensive player of the year. But we want to see that offensive jump, right? That's what a lot of the conversation is going to be about for him this season. But then there's Desmond Payne. The third wheel in some people's mind, but uh, he's a guy, he's got a lot, he's got a lot to prove this year. He just got a lot of money, $200 million type money on his contract. And when Desmond Payne got that contract, a lot of people said, does he deserve that? What has Desmond Bain done? One of the main critiques thrown out there in his direction was he hasn't even made an all-star game yet. But then I thought about it. Why not now? Why can't this be the year that Desmond Bain announces himself as all-star shooting guard for the Memphis Grizzlies? Why can't it be the year? I think it, it's possible. I think it's very possible. We're going to break that down here. And if you're looking at it on, if you're looking at the Locked On Grizzlies show today on YouTube, you see our three bullet points. 
Uh, Desmond Bain is a 2024 All-Star. The possibilities of that, we're going to talk about that in the first segment. The second segment, we're going to talk about the obstacles that will be in place for him as he tries to reach that goal. Then some other Grizzlies awards. There's some other guys that could potentially uh, reach award status on the Grizzlies as well. Going to briefly discuss those things and potentially dive deeper into them on a future episode of Locked on Grizzlies. But if you look at the list, you might say, well, why can Desmond Bain be an all-star? Well, I want to throw the most obvious thing out there other than, you know, not, no John Morant. The most obvious thing is Desmond Bain last year started the season before his injury, remember? 25 points a game. I think it was around five assists a game as well. 25 and five as a two guard, it's gonna, that's all-star numbers, especially on a team like the Grizzlies that's finished with the number two seed the last two seeds. So let's get into it. The first, the most obvious reason to me, we say, how can Desmond Bain be an all-star in 2024? No John Morant for 25 games at least. You know what that means to me? Desmond Bain is going to be the feature guy for the Grizzlies offensively. That's good and bad. The good, of course, is the obvious. He's going to get more shots. He's going to get ample opportunity to show off his full game. Uh, I like the way that he improved. You know, recently in his career, he's getting to the free throw line more, using his physicality, using those broad shoulders, uh, that as well. But he's also going to draw those big assignments. You know, instead of Mikael Bridges guarding John Morant, he's going to go over there and guard uh, Desmond Bain. Instead of, you know, a, a Paul George guarding John Morant, or instead of, you know, whoever, Herb Jones, whoever the top guy is, they're likely going to switch from guarding potentially John Morant to guard Desmond Bain. So he's going to get a lot of the toughest assignments that teams have to offer. But you know what? That is how you put yourself on a pedestal. When you're playing against, you know, New Orleans Pelicans and people see you making three-pointers against Herb Jones, that's going to catch the eye. <laughs> if you're playing against the Milwaukee Bucks and people see Desmond Bain do the little crossover pullback move that he has and you make a three-pointer over Drew Holiday, it's going to catch some eyes. Uh, so with all that being said, uh, no John Morant for at least 25 games put him puts Desmond Bain in a position to be a feature scorer. We already talked about the, the subtraction of Dylan Brooks. John Morant and Dylan Brooks were a huge part of the shot selection on the team. That's two guys who pretty much were going to take 14, 15 shots every single night. Now going. Marcus Smart, you insert him in place of Dylan Brooks, you're going to get a guy who is more selective as a shooter. Certain games, he's going to take a lot of shots, but there are going to be other games Marcus Mark takes six or seven shots. So his shots won't come out at the volume of a Dylan Brooks. But guess what? Those shots have to go somewhere, and why not Desmond Bain? He showed last season he can still play you know, at a high level even when he was hurt. And not only that, the, the, the volume of shots went up, and he still maintained – took close to the same level as a three-point shooter and just an overall uh, player on the court as well. So I I think that's a good reason as well. Another reason I want to talk about is the added spacing that he's going to see. It kind of goes off to our same point, especially in the first 25 games. Uh, for all the things that Grizzlies fans loved about John Morant and they love about uh, – they, they love about John Morant and they have loved about Dylan Brooks – is both were very spotted, spotty shooters. And, you know, in the case of Dylan Brooks, was very much below league average. 
Desmond Bain now, put in Marcus Smart, who's going to be hovering around league average. And we'll see who the other starter ends up being. But I can tell you who's going to get a lot of those minutes, whether he starts or not. And that's Luke Kennard. Putting Desmond Bain and Luke Kennard on the floor together, that is going to be a secret weapon this season. You know how the Warriors had a death lineup? And you know how the Nuggets starting lineup was just, just tough uh, to combat? And especially when they insert, you know, Bruce Brown in for Mike, Mike Porter Jr. in certain late games. Putting Luke Kennard and Desmond Bain on the floor together is a cheat code because it's hard to guard one of them when they're on the floor. And when you have two of them on the floor, the amount of spacing that the other player can create uh, for the other guy in terms of three-point shooting, you can't help off of Luke Kennard. You can't help off of Desmond Bain. But when one guy's spacing the floor on, the, on one side of the floor and the other guy's spacing on the other side of the floor, and you have a potentially later on in the season a John Morant or you have a Marcus Smart or you have a Derrick Rose driving to the rim, somebody's going to have to collapse down unless you want to bring the big man over and then, boom, easy layup for Steven Adams or, boom, easy layup for Jaron Jackson Jr. You've got to figure something out. It's tough. The point is Desmond Bain and Luke Kennard, we already talked about this, the two-man lineup of those who on the Grizzlies, second highest net rating. The only two-man lineup that fared better was Santi Aldama and Jaron Jackson Jr. But when Desmond Bain and Luke Kennard were on the floor together, we saw it in the playoffs. We saw it late in the regular season. We just got a glimpse of it pretty much uh, last season. This year, I think you're going to see a higher dosage of the Grizzlies using that lineup. It's going to unlock levels of Desmond Bain's game just like it does for Luke Kennard. Having Luke Kennard on the floor, a guy that teams absolutely positively can't help off of will create more scoring opportunities for Desmond Bain. Lastly, I want to just talk about, you know, a combination of things. Number one, he's healthy. And two, how that affects his playing style. Uh, and that is Desmond Bain. And then three, how that makes him a more versatile player. All of those three are one and the same because they all go together. They all go, they all go together for Desmond Bain's camp. If you think now, remember, last season Desmond Bain was injured. Uh, played pretty much the last 40 games of the season with an injured big toe. Injured big toe, and it bothered him for the rest of the year. But you probably couldn't tell that much. Like, outside of him talking about it, you really couldn't tell. I mean, he – I knew that, you know, he had to wear different shoes. You've watched them early in the season or in the last couple years. He used to wear the Kyries. He used to wear the PGs. But he had to wear LeBron James – LeBron 20 signature shoes uh, last season, basically because they were the only shoes that could combat his, his injured toe. That was the shoe that he had to wear uh, at the time, even though he didn't, quote, unquote, like the shoe. He had to wear it because of the injury. So now you factor in a healthy Desmond Bain. Now we're talking about his playing style, right? If you watch Desmond Bain last season, a big improvement in his game was his burst and getting to the rack. The highest two-point field goal percentage of his career up to this point. His mid-range shooting had improved. He was getting to the basket forcefully. And he was as a result, he was getting to the free throw line. We all know he's a great free throw shooter. Now he's going to be healthy doing that. Like, even though he got to the rim a lot last season and finished better, he still wasn't great by league standards. He was not a great finisher. Uh, now, there's probably always going to be some type of limitations with Desmond Bain. We all know the short arm jokes and things like that. And he's not exactly jumping out of the gym. But at the end of the day, with Desmond Bain 
and a healthy towing season. I feel like in transition, where the Grizzlies like to play, where Desmond Bain, as we've seen, we call it downhill Des, he gets the rebound, he goes coast to coast, and it's two points before you can blink. I think we're going to see that even a little bit more now that the big toe's healthy uh, going into this upcoming season. The versatility speaks for itself. Uh, a healthier Desmond Bain means more on the ball, Desmond Bain, I think, means a harder him running off of those pin downs and curls and getting, you know, to his spots even easier with less stress, with less struggle, you know, on that foot. So I want to see the versatility that Desmond Bain provides as well, because we know one thing about Derrick Rose and Marcus Smart, who are likely to be the top two point guards while John Moran out is out, both of those guys can play off the ball too. They've actually done it in parts of their careers. So excited to see how that works out. But it won't all be peaches and crazy. If there's a way to be an all-star, uh, there are a lot of obstacles that he'll have to overcome. So we're going to talk about that next on Locked On Prison. But before we get to that, i got to talk to you about Jace Medical. Because Jace Medical right now, you can use the promo code and get $20 off. And quite simply, everyone should be powered, empowered to care for themselves and their loved ones during the unexpected. That's why Jace Medical offers the Jace case. Listen to this. The Jace case provides five, five life-saving antibiotics for emergency use and gives you a peace of mind so that you are not just hoping that you have access to medication in emergency. Jace Medical makes sure that you have medication in hand. Jace Medical is simple. They handle everything from online evaluation to licensed pharmacy medication delivery, and ongoing consultation and care. Don't get caught being unprepared. Get $20 off on these life-saving antibiotics today from Jace Medical by using my code LOCKEDON at jacemedical.com, LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D, at checkout on jacemedical.com. And remember, because I want to make sure you guys got this right. If you're on YouTube, you see it at the bottom of the screen right now. And if you're not, Jace Medical is J-A-S-E. Medical.com. Coming up on Locked On Grizzlies, we're going to talk about Desmond Bain again. What can prevent him from being an all-star? Stay tuned for that. Welcome back to Locked On Grizzlies, everyone. I am DeMichael Cole, beat writer for the Commercial Appeal right here in Memphis, Tennessee. And appreciate you for tuning into Locked On Grizzlies on today's Desmond Bain heavy episode. Uh, the all-star game will be at Gamebridge Fieldhouse uh, this year. If you're unfamiliar, that's where the Indiana Pacers, Pacers uh, play their home game, which is roughly an hour away from Richmond, Indiana, which is where Desmond Bain, you know, prepped in high school, made a big name for himself. And if you kept up with my my coverage at commercialappeal.com, you've seen that we've written about it the last two seasons, how uh, kids from the Boys and Girls Club, Girls Inc., all these uh, boys Boys and Girls Club, all these organizations uh, for kids have been able to go see Desmond Bain play in the last two years at Gainsbury Fields House from the Richmond area. He is huge there. And wouldn't it be great if more kids to go and see Desmond Bain in an all-star uh, atmosphere where he can kind of interact with them a little bit longer than the you know 10 minutes or 20 minutes after a game when he's at Gamers Fieldhouse during the season and the Grizzlies got to hurry up and get the rope. But if that's to happen, if Desmond Bain is to be an all-star, there are some pretty big obstacles. We'll get to the most obvious one last because I got to say the best for last, of course. But 
you talk about why he won't be an all-star uh, this season. Uh, the first reason that I want to talk about is we got to talk about Desmond Bain on the court and where he needs to improve. And not, and not only where he needs to improve, what the team needs to improve. So the first thing, and I, I touched on this earlier real briefly, is the Grizzlies got to win. Uh, me and Joe, as, as the season gets closer, we're going to break down some things and we're going to do some season predictions and whatnot. But uh, first 25 games that I touched on are going to be really tough. So if Desmond Bain can keep the Grizzlies in the hunt, that 25-game stretch without John Morant, if the Grizzlies can win a lot of games as, as January gets here. And remember, the first All-Star voting is usually second week of January, first, uh, first week in January, uh, which is right probably a week after John Morant gets back. That'll be good. That'll be perfect timing for Desmond Bain. At that point, the Grizzlies will only have played – uh, I think two, three, maybe maybe three national TV games. But still, uh, it'll be good to know that Desmond Bain is a big reason why the Grizzlies are winning and still in the hunt because winning is a big part of getting the all-star votes. The second thing that stands out to me when we talk about how Desmond Bain needs to improve if he's going to become an all-star is the isolation scoring has to get better. I've touched on it in the past. Um we saw we seen these kind of stages of improvement at Desmond Bain through his first three years. Remember his first year, mainly a spot up shooting guy. Uh, second season became more of a scoring threat just by you know adding to his three point efficiency. Did a little bit of on the ball play, and then his third year really took it up a notch. You know on the ball, right? Uh, he played a small amount of point guard uh, in his second season. Third year uh, played a lot more on and off the ball. And as a result, averaged over four assists per game. Now, as we go into you know this next year, how can he take that to another level? Not just from an assist standpoint, but from an isolation, from a creativity standpoint. Because the assists the assist show me that the creation is there. But if you look at Desmond Bain's isolation scoring numbers, uh, pretty much at this point of his career, especially going back to last season, his first season averaging more than 20 points per game in the NBA, he averaged pretty much – he pretty much finished the season average 21 points per game while finishing in the bottom third percentile of the NBA in isolation scoring. I think he, finished, he hovered around 33% uh, in amongst NBA players in isolation scoring uh, percentage. So with that all being said, uh, he kind of scored a lot without being an efficient isolation scorer. And not only did it show in his game, it showed in Grizzlies games. Remember, Josh's going to be out 25 games. And I said earlier, the Grizzlies have to win. A big reason, not just last season, but if you go back a couple years ago, I talked about that Golden State series a lot uh, a couple seasons ago as well. But big reasons that the Grizzlies have lost a lot of games, uh, the games where either Jai isn't playing or even when Jai's playing and he's struggling down the stretch, is they haven't had that second uh, guy who can be that isolation score. And it hurt the team this past season. It hurt in the playoffs when the Lakers – I mean, you you saw game six. I don't have to spell it out for you. And you saw game four too. Uh, both were very ugly offensive performances uh, for the Grizzlies. Both were very ugly. And a big part of that is the half-court offense was ugly. And a big part about being an efficient half-court offense is having two, sometimes three guys you can get the ball to and say, get out of the way. They got it. Uh, the Grizzlies, if, uh, the, the numbers efficiency-wise will tell you that Jim Jackson Jr. 
was that guy last season. The eyeballs will tell you that John Morant has been that guy the last couple of years. So where does Desmond Bain fit in that equation? Uh, we've seen, we've seen a little bit of it. He has the sidestep step back, you know, like the Kyrie Irving type, you know, step back shot or the James Harden step back. Like he has that in the back. He can go to that move and and create and and make you know that one of his signature moves. He also has like the snatch back that I like. You know, we only saw him pull it out a lot in games last season when he was really feeling himself. You know, go between the legs. He'll do two two quick step backs and bam, in rhythm three point shot, and he made it a lot. So. There's some stuff in his bag that shows me that Desmond Bain can improve. Desmond Bain can become a good NBA isolation scorer. But we got to see it consistently, and we got to see it in the fourth quarter. We got to see it when the Grizzlies need that dagger, and it's a 96-96 game with 13 seconds on the clock. We need to see Desmond Bain say, get out of my way and go to work. Uh, It's in the bag. I think it's very possible that he could be that guy. But – that's what the Grizzlies need to have. And the last point that I want to hover on is the math. That's the most obvious one. That's the one you're probably thinking about. The math isn't mm, – it's not really in his favor. not really in his favor. I looked at it from the last two years. The last two years, seven players in the Western Conference have made the NBA All-Star game as guards. Seven in each of the last two seasons. I'm going to throw some names out here, and quite frankly, these aren't even all of the top names. These are just the 11 names that came to mind when I thought about the biggest obstacles for Desmond Bain uh, being an all-star. Luka Doncic, Kyrie Irving, Devin Booker, Bradley Beal, Anthony Edwards, De'Aaron Fox, Stephen Curry, Shea Gilgis-Alexander, Damian Lillard, Paul George, Jamal Murray. That's 11 guys. If Desmond Bain is an all-star, Five of those guys probably won't get in. And it might be more than that. If there's a name amongst those 11 that I didn't mention uh, that at the guard position that could potentially be an all-star, uh, it'll be more than that. But at least at least five of those guys. I'm going to run through the names again. Luka Doncic, Kyrie Irving, Devin Booker, Bradley Beal, Anthony Edwards, De'Aaron Fox, Steph Curry, Shea Gilders Alexander, Damian Lillard, Paul George, Jamal Murray. All those guys are very disturbing, very deserving of being All-Stars. I think uh, pretty much all of them, I think Jamal Murray has been, but pretty much the rest of them have been All-Stars at this point of their careers. Uh, So, the odds are stacked against them. The odds are stacked against Desmond Bain. Uh, We know every year injuries play a role to this. I think Anthony Edwards got in last season as an injury replacement. Uh, John Morant ended up being a starter as an injury replacement, like, those things happen. So we'll see how everything unfolds on that end. But uh, it's a lot of names on that list that Desmond's going to have to beat out. And uh, it's going to be tough sledding for him to do so. Uh, we're not going to talk necessarily about the All-Star game in our next segment. But in the next segment, we're going to talk about some other Grizzlies who could possibly be recognized at the end of the season. Briefly, coming up next. On Locked on Grizzlies. Welcome back to Locked on Grizzlies, everyone. I'm DeMichael Cole, beat writer of the Commercial Appeal here in Memphis, Tennessee. I want to appreciate you tuning in for Locked on Grizzlies today. Today was a Desmond Bain uh, heavy themed episode. Uh, Desmond Bain's a great player, wonderful guy, a guy I love covering. 
Love the man he's becoming on and off the floor. You know, uh, Desmond Bain, if you're uh, familiar with off the floor, he became a father last year, and you could see the growth in how, you know, just something is something like fatherhood has really, you know, honed him. You know, he feels it's almost like he has more to play for. He has bigger things to play for. And I think you'll see, you know, a carryover effect as he goes into his second year playing, you know, as a father this upcoming NBA season. But we talked enough about Desmond Bain in this episode of Locked on Christmas. We got to talk about some other guys. And I want to talk about these guys for too long because, quite frankly, me and Joe could potentially do a deep dive episode on this subject later. And this is just simply to get into some Grizzlies awards that could potentially be won this season. Uh, I don't think there's a lot. Uh, MVP, I think, is not in the cards uh, this year. And, you know, rookie of the year, I'll get to that one. Stay, stay tuned. I got a trick up my sleeve for that one. I'll get to it. Rookie of the year. But it's not a lot of options, you know, out there with, with the awards. But but let's let's get into the awards that the Grizzlies, I think, possibly can uh, win in terms of the players. Quite frankly, I just think, you know, after last season, what Taylor Jenkins did uh, leading that team to a number two seed, despite, you know, the Steven Adams injury, despite, you know, Desmond Bain's injury, Jaron Jackson Jr., you know, starting this season injured. I feel like if all those injuries, you know, Brandon Clark, you know, torn Achilles early in March. I feel like if all those injuries weren't enough for people to say, well, you know what? Even though the Grizzlies repeated success from a number two seed standpoint, still had a pretty good year based on coaching a team above expectations. If that wasn't enough last season, huh, I'm out of it. I'm out of it. I I, I, I don't think Taylor Jenkins might have to, to, to outpace uh, the 96 Bulls or – or uh, the 20, what was it, the 2016 uh, Golden State Warriors? Yeah, he might have to outpace one of those squads uh, to to get <laughs> to get a Coach of the Year award. But that's neither here nor there. I'm, I'm, I'm done talking about that topic. The first one is the most obvious one, and I think that's Jaron Jackson Jr. and Marcus Martin for these Defense Player of the Year. Simple reason is, well, they both won it before. <laughs> I mean, that's that's the most simple uh, reason for adding them two guys to this name. I think the Grizzlies will put Marcus Smart in a position to be a very versatile defender like they did with Dylan Brooks. He'll get the opportunity to guard the bigger, more physical guys. He'll get the opportunity to guard the quick guards. And quite frankly, he's going to get the opportunity every night to go against the best perimeter option. He's going to be put in a position on this Grizzlies team to dominate in his side. And Jaron Jackson Jr., well, he's already won the award. I don't have to explain to you how he can I'll do that for the Grizzlies again. Another one that I think the Grizzlies have a sneaky good shot at is Luke Kennard for sixth man of the year. Remember, I am of the thought that Luke could start the first 25 games of the season, and I know a lot of people uh, have that thought for him as well. And then some people think, hey, you know, bring him off the bench and bring one of the more natural guys, you know, a John Conchar, a Zaire Williams, you know, a David Roddy, a Jake Moravia, one of the more natural small forwards. Let those guys start in this part. But at the end of the day, no matter if he's starting, he's coming off the bench, I think Luke Kennard's going to be playing a lot of minutes. I think he's going to play a lot of minutes with the Grizzlies. I think he's going to see some closing lineup minutes in certain games when he's just when he's very hot. And I think uh, we can see a lot of him and Desmond Bain on the floor together. 
especially while John Morant is out. Uh, Luke Kennard's numbers are going to be really good, I think. And if his numbers are what I think they could be, uh, he's going to spend most of his season, regardless uh, of what happens, you know, with the John Morant situation, if everyone is healthy. And what I mean by that is even if he starts the first 25, 26 games of the season, whatever the case may be, even if he starts that many games, well, guess what? He's still more than likely going to play 50-plus games coming off the bench, which is more than half, which is more than half of the season, and probably going to be two-thirds uh, of his season off the bench. I think that if he starts early in the season, that could be a big boost to his numbers. If he comes off the bench early in the season, guess what? Still going to be a big boost to his number because I think he's going to be closing a lot of games. The shooting, another year, a full season in the system, full offseason. I think Luke Kennard uh, could be one of those guys who comes off the bench as a real streaky scorer who not only um, makes an impact from scoring off the bench, but his net rating numbers should be really good. If it's if last uh, March and April were any indication, they will be. Uh, that's another one that I'm really keeping an eye on. Now we're going to get into a couple wild cards. Those other two. Uh, if you're, you're a betting person out there, if you're going over to Fandle, one of our sponsors, uh, wouldn't hurt you probably to throw a bet in the direction of one of those. These two, now you're talking about some real long shots, real long shots. I want to start with Zion Williams. And you're like, what in the world could Zion Williams possibly win next season? Well, he could put his name in the conversation for most improved. So, yeah, I know some of you are laughing right now because you've already turned the page on the whole Zaire Williams thing and, ah, uh, yeah, 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 I know. But then there are some of you out there like, DeMichael, man, that makes some sense. Yeah, it makes sense because last season he was hurt. Rookie year, we, we saw the signs. You saw the signs. I saw the signs late in the season of a guy who could be a very productive role player. And I'm going to use the same criteria that I use for Luke Kennard. Remember, that small forward spot right now is for the taking. While John Morant is suspended 25 games, that spot will be for the taking. There hasn't at least been any guarantee. We'll, we'll talk to Taylor Jenkins next week at Media Day. We'll get the full clarity on it. But there hasn't been any just direct indication that uh, Marcus Smart and John Morant will both be in the starting lineup alongside Desmond Bay. It hasn't been directly stated. So as long as that's the case, uh, there is a chance that Marcus Smart, when Ja gets back, there's a chance that Marcus Smart comes off the bench and the starting small forward position is filled with a more natural small forward. And if that's to happen, I think that means one of the young guys, Jake Arabia, David Roddy, Zaire Williams, came and took the spot by the reins and ran with it. If that's to happen, I think Zaire Williams will probably be the guy who could potentially do that. Remember, I've been high on Jake Moravia. I think he could be a potential decent fill-in guy for that role. But Zaire Williams, when you talk about upside, a guy who could start and possibly give you 13, 14 points a game on decent efficiency overall, we'll see what the three-point shooting looks like. But if you talk about de decent efficiency overall, Zaire Williams can probably do that, especially now, full offseason, uh, where he kind of was low-managed. Hopefully uh, he's healthy and ready to roll, but he's a guy who could sneak his way into one of the award conversations, and that's the most improved award conversation. This third one is not really an NBA. I mean, it's fourth one. Not really an NBA award, but the Grizzlies won in recent years. 
Kenneth Lofton Jr. last year. G League Rookie of the Year, right? Why can't Gigi Jackson make the Grizzlies repeat in the same area? Why can't Gigi Jackson do it? Yeah, I had to deep. I yeah, I did. I did deep in the bag for that one. But I'm telling you what, watching Gigi Jackson, this this the skill is there. I don't have to tell you. You you watch summer league with me. Yeah, the uh, the numbers were a little erratic at times and all over the place. But that man 6'9", 220, the ability to get to the rack like that, the turnaround, the fadeaway, the three point shooting stroke. Offensively, that guy is so skilled. And you got to remember, he's only 18. Still, he's going to be 18 in October when the season starts. He's going to be 18 in November. And I think in December, at some point, he finally turns 19 around the time that John Moran is projected to get back. That's when he'll turn 19 years old. So basically, the point is, Gigi Jackson is going to be in a position where he can grow and grow fast. He's on a two-way contract. Uh, the Grizzlies will then send him, let him spend a lot of time down there with the Memphis Hustle. And we'll see what he does with that opportunity. I think he can really score. I think it's a prime, uh, it's going to be a prime opportunity for him to show that, hey, I belong in this league as a scorer and I can hold my own. I'm looking forward to seeing if Gigi Jackson can hold his own in those situations against the Memphis Grizzlies because, quite frankly, uh, it's going to be. It's going to be – there's going to be opportunity for him to win G League Rookie of the Year. So we'll see how that goes. It worked out for Kenneth Lofton Jr. last season on a two-way contract. Now G.G. Jackson is the next super talented offensive player who has a chance to do the same for the Memphis Grizzlies. Thanks for making Locked On Grizzlies your first listen each and every day. Speaking of every day, my every day is out there. Tomorrow on the show, me and Joe Mullinex will be back together. we got a fun – think fun few things to really talk about so make sure you stay tuned uh, for that episode as well but quite frankly you might be wondering whether michael do you think desmond man's going to be an all-star uh i think it's going to be tough on him i really do i think it's really going to be tough i think the health of a lot of those players will be a factor if a couple guys goes down i think he's going to be directly right there in the conversation and of the previous awards that i mentioned of course jaron jackson jr is the best candidate but Gigi Jackson, man, I'm telling you, most people know I'm high on that dude. I think there's some real talent right there in that bag. But thank you for making Locked On Grizzlies your listen. Remember, we're free and available wherever you get podcasts. Once again, I'm DeMichael Cole. We'll see you next time on Locked On Grizzlies.